All right, so here we go. Just do it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yesterday, said tomorrow. So just do it. Face your dreams. Welcome to Screen Tones, where we talk anything and everything webcomics. Today, we're talking about a very special topic. Ever wondered about the allure of romance? The potential of a fiery relationship between strangers? The highs, the lows, the exciting and the enticing? Well, you're in for a treat, because we're going to be discussing romance as a genre and a tool in webcomics. I am Rennie, I use she, they pronouns, and I make the webcomic Kate Blast. And I'm Miranda, I use she, her pronouns, and I create the webcomic Into the Swell. And today we have a special treat as we'll be joined by two wonderful experts on the topic of romance. Uh, You guys mind introducing yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm Meg Sivrude. I write the webcomics Daughter of the Lilies, Kaylee Has a Slasher Boyfriend, and the fan comic A Study in Scarlet and Blue. My name's Allie Shaw, and I use she, her pronouns. I draw Tigress Queen, Far to the North, Persephone, and Eros and Psyche. Heck yeah. So let's just dive on in. What makes a romance believable and appealing to you as far as the webcomic creator? <laughs> Man, that's such an open-ended question. Uh... It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we want to hear you talk. <laughs> I think the best way to start is to talk about how we each, or I guess spotlight the specific relationships that we do in each of our own projects. Allie, I've been a huge fan of your work for a long time. Uh, Our relationship is based on mutual fangirls screaming back and forth at each other about each other's work and the genre of romance in general. So like, it's true. <laughs> uh, not to be self-centered, but I think our own work is like a great place to start. As far as that goes, like as far as what makes a romance believable, I think having two people with very distinct flaws find some sort of like comfort in another person where their flaws no longer feel like flaws. That feels like a very like mouthful of an answer, but I figure it's the best place to start. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it's really fun to just start with having uh, just really fleshed out characters and then see how you can smush them together and what fun stuff you're able to do with that. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like I, I desperately need there to be some sort of really strong chemistry between two characters and characters that can exist independently of a relationship too, right? Like if you have a character that like outside of whatever significant other they have just on their own, be a very boring person. That's not necessarily a very big point of intrigue for me because kind of like, the joy of shipping and romance in general is seeing how those dynamics play out between those two people. And if you don't really have much there to begin with, you're going to be struggling. (laughs) 
definitely agree with that. And I definitely got the image of like the take two Barbie dolls and mush them together when Allie said that. Um, <laughs> but I agree with all of that. Um, and something else that I appreciate um, as a creator and a avid romance reader is when it's not instant. Um, like there's love at first sight. I don't, I don't know how much it actually is a thing. I think it's more attraction at first sight. And I love that moment when a relationship changes from, Oh yeah, this person's cool. And yeah, I'll hang out with them too. Oh wait, they, that's the one I like, they're the one they're the end goal. Um, and like all the growth that happens in between. Um, that's one of my favorite things to experience and read. Um, so I love, I'm a sucker for such a good slow burn that builds into a crescendo yes, for that moment yes. of, Oh, that's what this is. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's such a great aha moment. I love it so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm such a sucker. One for the slow burn two uh, for the friends to lovers trope is like such oh. a good basis for a story for me friends because it's lovers. like, uh, the, well, friends to lovers is already such a good basis for a relationship there anyway. Mm -hmm. Like there's no reason why you can't explore that as an idea and why it shouldn't work. Sorry. I feel like I'm like rambling a little bit here. Oh no. Ramble away. But yeah, no, like daughter of the lilies, uh, Thistle and Brent is probably the slowest burn of all time. So obviously I'm kind of getting my fill there. Uh, but yeah, like you just, you really need some sort of basis of a connection for a good romance to work because there is a difference between lust and like love, right? Not to state the obvious. And I feel like what really gets me to check out of a story faster than anything else is when it is a story that is based entirely on the concept of love and just anticipation for a kiss to happen rather than a deep, like meaningful relationship to be cultivated. Yeah. I really like it when uh, I like giving characters reasons, excuses, just all kinds of motivations to dislike each other without it being like yes. a personality problem. <laughs> like I want their personalities to get along. I want all the uh, the exterior forces to be the things that they have to to deal with as far as friction goes. Yeah. So when we focus on like, oh, all of this is just drama based on someone being infatuated with another person, it gets really boring very quickly. Agreed. Just, you need some yeah. sort of conflict, like even if it's just something simple, like the most fluffy of rom coms. Like they work together and so they can't date or whatever the case is. Like it doesn't have to be a huge world ending conflict. Like it can, it can be definitely fine with that. But just like that conflict and that tension just makes it so much better. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like 1000%. Like something me and Allie are always saying to each other is that romance can be a side plot, but it should never be the main plot. Is there a compliment a larger story? If a romance is just about the romance, it's probably going to get pretty stale. But if there's romance interwoven 
into something else, it gives it such a stronger spine of a plot and like makes it a much more cohesive work because then there's something that each character has or is working towards outside of each other, which is really good. It's really interesting you say that because I think one of the things that I've seen is a lot of the romance first web comics that I've seen that have been successful have been a lot of the the shorter works that are on like Webtoon and Tapas or on those places or on sites that are easier to read. And it's the, it's better, if it's romance first, it's better suited for a shorter medium or a shorter way of telling it. Um, if you have something that's like a lot of web comics where it's this 20 chapter epic, you're going to need something else in front. <laughs> It's definitely not sustainable if you're just focusing on the romance and trying to do a long epic tale. Because, like, at some point, they have to kiss. Like, y- y- at some point. If it, <laughs> if it is a actual, like, solely romance story. And you can only draw that out for so long. Like, if that... But, yeah, if you have a good plot and the romance is just, like, kind of the side of it... I I think that's infinitely better. Okay, so I just want to like, you know, let everyone know I am total trash for all of these uh, romance (laughs) first Korean webcomics. Like I read a lot of them. um, Just a lot, a lot, a lot. But I I do get frustrated with them uh, because a lot of them will basically have the same scene happen over and over again like you you can just kind of like oh this is when she trips out of the carriage and falls into the guy's arms and it's like this isn't every single thing and you know it's maybe cute the first time you see it and not so much the 40th time but that's why it's important to like have a bigger story going on and have very clear ideas in your head of what you want these characters to be before you start trying to make this story so that the way you put them together with each other is going to be unique because the characters themselves are unique and the setting is unique and the situation is unique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you have a like deeper story and plot, it makes the little like stereotypical romantic moments like falling out of a carriage into the prince's arms it it makes them work because they're like there's all this going on on the side and then suddenly this happens and like the reader can be like oh i know what this means but it's not the sole focus of it so it can like it, it can just be a quick oh i see i see where this is going oh but we're going back to the main plot now so i don't have to like dwell on it and that's not like the highlight of this chapter or whatever the case may be dude yes absolutely uh i i do want to add like a quick disclaimer that like shipping and writing romance are two completely different things so i want anyone listening with like crack ships or just shipping passions in general to listen to this and know that none of these rules necessarily apply to you we're strictly talking about romance in relation to constructing a larger plot basically uh shipping is very much international waters (laughs) absolutely yes no rules for shipping none at all just yes you know don't do illegal things please yes exactly or do there is a there is a place for that okay i mean like do crime i mean like 
other things like yes in the story in the story like don't actually yourself go out and do illegal things (laughs) yeah yeah this character is a good segue into like how problematic elements can sometimes make romance work even more and i'm hesitant to even say that because it's kind of difficult to parse through that statement right and yet (laughs) framing is key (laughs) framing is key yes thank you very much for the save um it's very important to pay attention to the context in which certain bits of information are presented to the audience by the author right like the problem where things go from problem to problematic is specifically in how the author's opinions about the subject come through right like you can depict an abusive relationship and as long as you're perfectly clear that it's it's portrayed in like a negative light i think that could Man, I'm, I'm going to open up the floor to you guys. Like, please jump in at any point. It's just very important to make sure you're aware of how you're presenting certain things as you go into certain topics that you want to cover. So I guess that segues really well into our next question of how can creators portray problematic, and I use the word problematic in air quotes, how can creators portray problematic relationships in their stories? And when we say problematic, we're referring to like, Everything from red flag relationships all the way to villains to enemies to lovers and all everything in between. I feel very uniquely qualified to answer this question because like two of my most popular characters, the pitch for them is basically Barbie pursuing Jason Voorhees aggressively in a romantic way. (laughs) Like, I love that energy. (laughs) it's just so like it's purely for fun right like uh, a really preppy 80s 20 something just falling for the local backwoods slasher hillbilly killer man you know and he has no idea what's happening Uh, so like by its very definition a slasher serial killer is like the peak of problematic right and Mm -hmm. yet everyone who seems to engage with these two like absolutely loves the concept because there is a way to put some sort of like innocent positive spin and all of his very unsettling hobbies let's say (laughs) hobbies that's a wonderful way to put it yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so like that not to be too reductive but like there is also a a level of concern in that relationship because since he's a very clear parody of jason Voorhees, who does not talk and has a very childish mindset there's a certain level of concern regarding consent and his level of reciprocation in that kind of dynamic but that's just kind of like the playful attitude of the whole thing and that kind of like just gets to again how you choose to frame those elements you know framing is so important yeah Mm -hmm. and i can't imagine kaylee would ever make him do anything he didn't want to do (laughs) bless her heart as far as problematic relationships go and portraying them in a positive light uh or you know not glorifying them but not making it to like give the wrong idea of problematic aspects uh one of my favorite ships is 
Team Rocket, Jesse and James. Oh my gosh, yes. They are both bad people. Jesse will be so mean to James. James will be so mean to Jesse. But they are always there for each other. They are always on the same page. They are always on the same wavelength. And I just have to approve of that. But they are treated with like this level of comedy to where they never take the mean things to heart when they're being mean to each other. So it is never portrayed in a way that like someone is getting hurt in this relationship. They are very resilient like that. <laughs> it's big camp energy is, is the best way I look at it. Cause it's like, I think you can get away with some of like the more easier disses and things like that, like, or like other weird problematic things with a veneer of camp. Um, there are some things that you can't really do that with without them crossing over to the, okay, they're not a romance, they're a villain. <laughs> uh, uh, that that balance is very hit or miss, and it, uh, it can work well if that's what you're going for, but it's all about intention and framing. Yeah, it feels like when they like bicker back and forth, it's like a certain level of intimacy, right? Like They can do that with each other, but not with anybody else. But and if anyone else tried to do that to them, they'd kick their butt. Yeah, exactly. Not to muddy the waters a little bit, but it's kind of like that sibling dynamic where it's like, nobody gets to mess with you but me kind of possessiveness. Toucher and you die. Yes, exactly. Like the tone of the story definitely uh, correlates to what you can, I, I want to say get away with. I feel like that's not exactly the phrase i'm going for but that's what i'd use what you can get away with as far as like the toxicity of the relationship you're portraying if your story generally has a more serious tone then you have to be a lot more careful about how you're portraying whatever it is in the relationship oh yeah some of my favorite romance novels have characters straight up calling each other out for i'm gonna censor my language here but very bad behavior right <laughs> like one book i'm specifically thinking of which i won't name because it's very saucy uh their their toxic habits and like defenses kind of play on each other and it escalates and escalates and escalates until it reaches a point where they both kind of put their hands up and take a big step back and go whoa, actually, this is really uncool. We both need to step away for a second, come back to this, and, like, actually talk about this like adults. And, like, just that conversation afterwards was such a nice... (sighs) I don't have words for it. It's just nice to see mature, like, healthy relationships like that in spite of people being hurt. Character development from problematic relationships. Mm. So good. Um, but I, I think that like ties into avoiding the glorification of like, for example, an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. If you're like, you need to show the bad side effects. If you are just showing the person abusing their significant other and you show no warning signs, no negative side effects of the relationship, then it's problematic in a bad way. Um, and I think you need to reapproach it and show the hurt, show the pain. It adds to the character development. It shows that there's more to this relationship that it, it just 
shows so much more and makes it so much better. Is that the... <laughs> Do I want to say that that's better? But Don't yeah, reward like... the problematic behavior yes. is the main yes. thing. Yeah. Like, if they have problematic behavior, there should be consequences if it is a serious story that we are supposed to be, like, rooting for the romance in it. Yes, uh, And exactly. if a breakup has to occur, then a breakup can be a very good way to show consequences mm-hmm. for a problematic relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. God, I'm so glad you brought this up because, like this is something so near and dear to my heart because I grew up with stories that glorified abusive behavior and it wasn't like overtly abusive behavior. Like it's something you picture as usually going straight to violence or whatever. Yeah. But there are so many stories that I'll still see today that portray possessiveness and jealousy as romantic qualities to like admire when actually that is that i mean it could condition you to get into a bad relationship in real life you know like those kind of things erode boundaries they diminish your sense of self where real love real romance does the opposite of those things and i feel like some writers can feel like they want to shy away from exploring the after effects of those bad actions because they're like oh but i just want to tell this romance and i really want to just dive into that and ignore everything else but talking about those after effects and the the difficult stuff is really good plot material if you don't actually dove into it that could be used in tandem with another bigger plot to sort of tie more characterizations of the whole cast together. And if you avoid that, you're missing out on some very good yes. storytelling. So much. Just so many good comments. And now I just want to go binge a bunch of romance or continue binging a bunch of romance. Um, and if you're one of those authors who just wants to write their, their trashy romance, that's okay. Just make sure that you're tagging everything appropriately so that your readers know what they're getting into ahead of time. And then that also frames your romance before they even read it so that they know this is not goals. This is not what you should be looking for in a relationship in real life. This is just a fun, trashy romance. Yes, yes, yes. And I feel like there's a lot of like, I I see a lot of the comments online of like, oh, your your love interest is a serial killer. Uh, That obviously means that you as a creator condone dating serial killers type thing. And that is so not the case. So not the case. And I think if you are reading things like that, you as a reader have some responsibility to understand that he is a serial killer. This is not really okay, but I can still enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. Screen tone says. And it also grass. goes with like any tropes or kinks or whatever it is that you want to read. Cause we all know it's out there. Like if you're reading that as like, there is some responsibility on you as a reader, but also as a creator tags, content warnings, let people know what they're expecting so you don't get the backlash that can come of whatever it is you're writing. Yes. So. And those tags can also, sometimes people uh, specialize in reading or writing certain things. And now that, I mean, and, and tagging very robustly could help you bring it to some new audiences. People look for those tags. 
Yeah, you're doing everybody a favor. <laughs> Everyone. There are people yes. who want to avoid that. There are people who actively seek that out. And we want to be considerate of everybody. Exactly. So I guess this leads sort of into the main topic that we really, really wanted to dive into today. And it's, what are the some of the main things that you keep in mind when writing any romance? Oh, that's a good question. Sorry, let me take a minute. I I was doing so good preparing for this and everything, and yet that still caught me off guard just because of how good a question that is. Uh, Can I tag in then? Oh, please. <laughs> Make it fun. That's why we're here. Yes. Whenever I'm writing a scene, I like, you know, read over the thumbnails and it's like, is this fun? Can I make it fun? Can I add kittens to it? Like, I can make this fun. Yeah, that literally ties into what I was going to say, like, so perfectly, which is make stuff you like before you make it for anybody else. You have to make sure that it's, to use your own words, fun for you to make, which means you have to know the things that you like and you have to commit to making the things that you like. No, Nothing else matters. <laughs> if it's not fun for you, why even do it? I just want to like underline that verbally, underline exclamation point, all that. <laughs> Yeah, the pointing like, emoji. Remind <laughs> listeners and listen to that again because it is so important. And not just in romance, in all like any creative endeavor. So I've I wasted so much of my life trying to make quote unquote high art when I could have been making self indulgent stuff this entire time and making more friends through that stuff with similar minded people. Like, it is just better in general to have a good time while you're here. Mm -hmm. And your readers will appreciate it. One thousand percent. Like, I mean, I think that's how you and I met, Ellie. Like, I remember going through Tiger Queen, but far to the north first, which like, oh, I can't wait for that comic to come back. I love those guys. Uh, but it was just like, huh, this is doing stuff for me. <laughs> Uh, oh my god, and, reading your, your sketch comics for, for Daughter of the Lilies back when it was like in the earlier stages and you just had a whole DeviantArt page full of them. It's like, oh my gosh. Oh man. Oh, uh, Brent is so big and he is so just <laughs> in love with her. And that's man. one of, we're going to talk about tropes later, but right now I really want to underline like my favorite thing is I love my wife energy. And my second favorite thing is Seeing any character have a crush on a girl, I don't care. Yes. Who. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. All of that also, but also size difference is very. Oh, yeah. No, mm. I love seeing. I love seeing someone have a crush on like somebody who would normally not be crushed on, or is not used to being crushed on. I should say. Ooh, yes. Like, because oh, everyone is somebody's stuff. type, right? Uh, but it's mm. just like at risk of overusing the word. The romantic pursuit is so good. I just love seeing somebody being pursued in the ways best suited for the person doing the pursuing. Like, I feel like I can really get to know a character by the way they want to get to know somebody, you know? Yes. And there's just something about seeing someone who doesn't normally get pursued be completely oblivious because you can also see yes. what's been going uh -huh. on in their life and just how they see themselves with how they think everyone else views them. Yes. Yes. And that, that perspective change for that character, like, as they finally get it through their heads that, wait, this person, they they like me, 
<laughs> oh, it's so good. I am worthy of love. <laughs> Learning that self-confidence from a, a relationship that is worth maintaining. Uh, uh, so good. Okay, you can you can kind of hear us kind of melting into our chairs a little bit because of how much we love this whole genre. It's just this whole just like, a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> but it's just, like, Let's talk whole... about tropes before we come puddles. <laughs> We're casual about this, for real. No, there's just something about the genre of romance in general, wherein you get to see people grow and like discover a new kind of happiness that may not have existed for them before that is just very it's a warm blanket on a cold day yes and that and that's a good way to like also like be able to tell some of the other more compelling parts about a character themselves because like each character really should have a sort of their their own thing going on and i just love seeing how the the, th- the the goals and aspirations and the way that those things bounce off each other can also intersect with not only their work and what they want to do and their goals, but with yeah. the romantic interests goals and Ooh, especially gosh, when yes. those goals conflict. I love making people question their preferences. Yeah. <laughs> Not just with what gender they're attracted to. That's a very basic thing. But your overall ideals of what you want in a partner can change so much once you actually meet someone that you click with. Yes. Mm-hmm. God, yeah, sorry. My, my brain just went off because like I'm just picturing somebody who like has been pursuing one type of person for so long. And then somebody completely new comes along and pursues them and they don't know what to make of it because of the dynamics they're not used to. And they're so, they're so different. Like that, like they're just after going after uh, bombshells and everything. And then then a twink comes along and they're like, (laughs) what did I just say? Obliterate that twink. (laughs) I'm learning things about myself. (laughs) Yeah. Like, to go back to something you were saying earlier about people's goals conflicting, uh, I very lightly disagree with that a little bit. Like, because I think people being asked to give up something for the sake of their partner is something I may have seen a little bit too much at this point in my life. I am. Oh really- yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah, but I love stories where each partner is committed to helping the other get the thing that they want in ways that feel kind of small stakes more than big yeah. stakes. Yeah. Like I uh, to use a real life example, my husband and I got a soda stream and we were trying to pick out like which color to get. And I was like, we should we should get like a black one. It'll match the other appliances in our kitchen. But then I saw the look on his face and I was like, but you want the red one. And he was like, yeah, I want the red one. So like just little things like that, where it's just kind of like the other person's happiness makes them happy is very good. I'm sorry to pull from real life for that one. I just couldn't think of anything fictional off the top of my head a little better. That's a good one though. Yeah. But it's like little small day-to-day moments like that can really be impactful if you can implement them well enough. And luckily, since they're pretty small potatoes, they're relatively easy to do. I definitely think that, well, obviously not every story needs romance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that should be feared to like 
have a side like include it and have it as like a side thing because it it has the opportunity to add so much um yeah because it just like character development showing those little compromises like you learn so much about the characters and how they are pursuing and being pursued and so on that it's great and it can add so much and I there might be some people that don't know that about romance and it's just more to it than meeting and falling in love and living happily ever after and I I I think at one point in my life I didn't know that and then I found out I was so wrong and I'm so happy I was so wrong because I love romance (laughs) So, uh, yeah, don't don't fear it if you feel it will like it, it has potential to add to whatever story it is you're trying to tell. And too many too many stories try to shove romance in, which is part of what gives it a bad rap, where they're not actually interested in telling a romance. They're really just using one of the characters as a prop to make the other one look better. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. that's not a romance. That's that's a prop. Fluffing, <laughs> fluffing. Yeah, I think that's called like the sexy lamp trope, right? Yeah, where you could just swap them out for a sexy lamp and still have the same emotional impact, beat for beat. Yeah, that's a great great way to describe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I'm gonna try to segue this into uh what. Miranda make me think of but like I just see too many stories where you know the man has to save the world and also his wife and daughter are there uh and he's just kind of carrying them under each arm while he's also trying to manage all this other stuff happening (laughs) uh but like I think there's a real I'd say tragedy in stereotyping romance as being uh, for lack of a better word, female coded. Unnecessary. Like mm. Unnecessary. I think it's unfairly slanted towards a largely female presenting audience. Like, I feel like there's a real opportunity lost in men feeling romanced. And I feel like this is a totally different topic. I just want it to be clear that romance is available to everybody to enjoy, you know, when it's done well. Like, because I, yes. I read plenty of comments from male presenting readers who love the dynamic between Thistle and Brent. And I think it's just because Brent is given as much of a chance to like be interested in Thistle as Thistle is to be interested in him. Uh, And I mean, even more so as the plot progresses, I feel like I haven't been able to get into it now because of aforementioned slow burn, but yeah, like it's don't think romance isn't for you just because you haven't found the right story for you yet. It's out there. The right story is out there for you. And if it's not, then you make it because that's how I got into this. Oh, tell me about it. That's how I got a heckin' job on Spider-Man. It's like I did that Spider-Man fan comic specifically because uh, there's not a single iteration of Mary Jane I found that I really like. So I just made my own just so I could sleep at night. <laughs> that, and that's how you become a comic creator. You make the things you want to read. If it's fun for you, it'll probably be fun for the readers that you're targeting because they'll be able to tell that you're having fun with it. Speaking of having fun, 
what are some of your favorite romance tropes? Oh. And, and how do you think that they can be used more effectively? Oh, man. Who wants to start? Because I'm bursting. Okay, so uh, I've already mentioned two important ones to me. But another one is when, like, the villain changes sides for a cutie. Oh, yes. yes. Because you have a little bit of the... Uh, the enemies to lovers going on, but then you make it cute. <laughs> like, imagine the scariest mofo you can trying to make a flower bracelet for this cute oh, coffee so barista good. down the road. Like, yes, please. Or that that normal bully who messes with the little cute one. All of a sudden, there's like this big villain who's just you know walking down the street with them. <laughs> But then, and then the villains, like, they can't completely give up their villainous ways, so every now and then they slip up and do something, and they have, like, their loved one has to be like, I appreciate this, but it's, it's, you really didn't have to go destroy that entire town for me. (laughs) Like, no, no, make them mad. Make the cutie mad. Either way, I love it. (laughs) Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z springs to mind. Oh my god. Oh, he's the perfect mm-hmm. example. God, that oof. All right, anyway, sorry. Uh <laughs> <I'm> good. <laughs> now he's just everyone's he's dad. Literally everyone's dad. He does all the babysitting. He knows the daycare like supervisor. I, I, I just Anyway, sorry. I'm I'm definitely rambling a little bit here. This episode is uh, now even, about Dragon Ball Z. Like Vegeta also Vegeta. He he could also kind of be in that too because he's like the big baddie, but Bulma just turns him into a complete a house husband. Like yeah. She whipped him. <laughs> she really did. Great job, Bulma. <laughs> I was I was looking for an opportunity to bring that up. Great minds. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Yeah, so uh, villains becoming good guys. Uh, I really like hurt people changing their behavior. Like, I I feel like that's not necessarily a a very... It's very hyper-specific to my taste, but it kind of ties into the villain trope a little bit. Uh, People who may have really messed up in their past actively improving for the sake of another person and that person treating them with endless patience and grace because of the depths of their affection for them. It just mm. really, really does it for me. <laughs> yes. When the villain person, the villain-esque person is surprised at the graciousness. Ooh. When they, they don't know what to Ooh, do with it. I like just stood up from my chair because of how good that felt. <laughs> yeah, same. Same. <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say that none of us really have favorite tropes because we just like all the tropes. So it's much. true <laughs> childhood friends like monsters uh like literally anything i could go on for ages okay let's talk about uh like one or two that we don't like because as much as i like enemies to lovers there's definitely the type of story where like they have two characters who are usually like heteronormative and they hate each other because they are actually oil and water but because they are next to each other like proximity they have to end up together even though they're still bad yeah that's like a it's such a sunk cost fallacy like concept which like i just don't buy into like just because you're the last x and y on earth does not mean that you are obligated to be be together 
And we actually have movies about <sighs> that. Boy. Big sigh. So this might be a controversial take, but I actually personally do not get the appeal of fake dating. Yeah, that's one of those proximity things where you... Uh, I totally understand not liking it. I like it when it's someone who is completely jaded about a relationship, getting involved just for like their own reasons, and then coming to get over their jadedness and heal from their previous hurts. Like... Kind of like Megan Hercules. Like, <laughs> it wasn't fake dating, but on her side, it kind of was. Mm-hmm. But she kind of got over a lot of it because she was around someone who's just genuinely nice. Yeah, yeah no, I think the, the one thing that I sort of, for forced proximity, I totally agree that in most cases it just doesn't work. Um, or, it does, or at least doesn't do it for me. But the one that does is the characters that are beards for each other. Be, <laughs> like that that sort of proximity like that that's the that's the exception for me because it's like oh you can play with so many juicy things there where it's the 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 fate the the, the both both of the uh, you know the forced proximity and the fake relationship but there's so much to play with where like if you're in the, one of those situations as a character you and your beard have to be besties anyways or have a certain level of of platonic <laughs> trust in order to pull that off that i just think is is so juicy in stories that is like shockingly a dynamic i've seen way too little of like i can think of- i know right yeah like where do you have any recommendations for stories that do that I've been looking. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Get in the comments. Help us. Cream Tones is asking you for help. Find us this trope. One one I actually don't like, even though I see it really often, is like the Cinderella story. Because I'm really tired of seeing someone's buying power be portrayed as a sign of affection. Yeah. Yay, capitalism. Woohoo. Like it's really prominent in the Korean webtoons and like I understand it's just in style. I'm just I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable and it really gives off the impression that like when I start a new story like do I just have to expect that the richest guy in the room is the one she ends up with because that's kind of annoying. Hmm. Well, it's just an easy ending to write. Right? Yeah. Like it is. It, it's like and then they lived happily ever after because money solves a whole lot of problems and being And he just solved all of her problems with yeah. money. Not actually trying or expending any effort there is... And then they rode the eagle to Mordor. <laughs> there is the fun aspect though of the wait, I'm buying them all of these things and they're not returning my like what what do you mean I can't just buy you things mm-hmm. to show you I love you? Oh, that's like good. I good. But I never see that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen it anywhere, but like, I, I feel like it kind of ties into the love languages of like, oh, Gerda and Frey. It happens in Gerda and Frey, oh, right. uh, uh, the Norse fairy tale. Uh, basically, Gerda's one of the the Jotuns who gets all these golden apples shoved in her face, and she's just like, no, I I don't need any of that. Get yes. out of here. Like, I I love that because it also causes character change of the person with all the buying power and usually ends up with some like great lesson and like I feel like with anything there are ways to do it better than 
what has been done. Yeah. I think there's kind of... I was thinking uh, Moulin Rouge also has that going for it. But, like, that's also, like, uh, it plays into the the, the medium of... <laughs> dramatic musical so it's like it's one of those things that you like if you wanted to do it it again we'll have a counter for every time the word framing has been said this episode note from editor man no we won't <laughs> but it's about framing yeah i was just about to say like uh it's really easy for that kind of dynamic to very quickly turn toxic because then it's up to the person being pursued by the person with money to educate someone more powerful than them and they never asked for that responsibility you know mm -hmm. like they were just minding their business someone decided they were entitled to their affection and now they have to deal with this person and trying to make them better which is the opposite of romantic <laughs> like mm, yeah very true and that takes me back to fake dating because some of the best fake dating uh romances i've read are because one of the characters at least does have genuine feeling for the person that they end up fake dating. And that's Ooh. like, they've, they've already kind of started developing that before the story takes place. So they're in it because they want the proximity because they know that there's, they feel there's something there with that person. And this is their chance to kind of, show that they can be more um and like, if they just got yeah to know yeah exactly no. like things like that and give me a chance i'm a nice guy <laughs> not like that but <laughs> just uh, uh yeah it gets into that realm a little for me that's so funny but yes yeah, so true i i just like fake dating Sorry, I didn't mean to rag on you. No, it's okay. It's okay. I, I'll i accept it. I'll take one for the team. <laughs> you can like anything you want. It's it okay. Is. I'm the example of that. Dude. Friendly team. This is another good time to put a disclaimer that like, just because you don't like it doesn't mean everyone doesn't like it. Like, mm, we're not yes. here to yuck anybody's yum. Yeah. We're all just here to have a good time. As was just proven. Yeah. And evidence-based podcast, guys. Yes. To that end, <laughs> I will confess that uh if if we're looking for good romance recommendations, I just finished watching My Love Story with Yamada Kun level 999, and that has an element of fake dating in it in the very first episode. And that was a really good story. See? It can work. It can work. What do I know? <laughs> Nothing. Anything can work. I mean, blue aliens work, so <laughs> Anything can work. If we're getting into recommendations, first of all, can I recommend A Study in Scarlet and Blue oh, by up. Meg C? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I will take that recommendation. I've seen like the snippets on Twitter, but I don't think I've read the whole thing. It's very self-indulgent. Read it. It's read okay. It. It's just okay, but no pressure. <laughs> it's really, really good. <laughs> to that end, Eros and Psyche is... Mwah, exceptional uh as well as persephone it's not safe it's for work. not safe for work uh adult readers only but it is like it is the only version i've seen of mars that i actually like like which is 
absolutely incredible. Thank you. I tried so hard to make him fun, and I just really like how he ended up with with Aphrodite. They're just idiots. How did you make that work? I don't like. I relook at the pages all the time, and I cannot believe that I genuinely like his interpretation. He is the only version of that character that I like. If you go through the myths, he's actually relatively chill. Really? He killed a rapist. <gasps> like, he doesn't have any stories of raping people. It's really That's nice. wild. Why did I not know this? Anyway, sorry. He has his own uh, festival where he's given this name like the Entertainer of Women. <laughs> I want to know what that means. Right? <laughs> he has so many kids with so many different people. No one has a bad story about him, just that he is involved with the bloody side of war. All right, we definitely like we we definitely fell into fangirling a little bit here, it. but promise it's totally justified. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. It helps to be friends with people that you're fans of, and vice versa. Creativity does not exist in a vacuum. Like you, you need to consume in order to create, <laughs> and then create as if you're consumed. <laughs> Speaking of consuming, this I think this this might be uh getting too close to a <laughs> buffalo chicken wrap. So uh thank you so much for joining us, Megan Alley. This has been so wonderful to talk to you guys about romance. I've been your host, Rennie. You can read my work at capeblast.com. And I've uh, been your host, Miranda. You can find my comics and everything else at mirandacakes.art. And I'm Meg. And you can find my comic, Daughter of the Lilies, at daughteroftheLilies.com. And I'm Allie. You can read my comic, uh, Tigress Queen, at www.tigressqueen.com. And links for everything else will be on there. Man, now I just want to go on a romance reading binge. You should, Rennie. You should. I got you. I got you, girl. Hell yeah. Thank you for listening to Screen Tones, a webcomic podcast. Want to know some other ways to support us? Check out our Kofi at ko-fi.com slash screentonescast, where your support will help us create more episodes, reach cool extra bonus goals, and keep us talking about anything and everything webcomics. You can also find us on Tumblr, Instagram, and our Discord server. Thank you so much for listening, sharing, rating, and supporting, and we'll see you next time.